Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. Betches Media presents Ha Ha Laugh Funny Mention It All A Bravo by Betches Podcast We don't say that but now we said it With Dylan Hafer Hold on track me bro And Barry Rosenfeld I need to start drinking alcohol Now go to sleep we Hey everyone welcome back to the Mention It All Podcast I'm Dylan Hafer And I'm Barry Rosenfeld Happy Monday Happy Monday We are We're back to a a normal schedule this week, which means we're doing both Salt Lake City and Potomac today. Ooh. And then tomorrow, tomorrow we have Vanderpump Rules. It's back. I have to say that I watched Vanderpump Rules this morning just because like, uh-huh. I, you know, what else do you do besides to kill time is watch premieres. Um, and I can't wait to talk about it. I know it's going to be a good time. Um how was how was your weekend other than waking up early on a Monday? To watch <laughs> it was good. I spent a lot of time with my friends this weekend, which is nice. I went to the Giants game yesterday, which was nice until they actually played. And um, and then <laughs> they suck, but I love them. Um, but yeah, it was nice. The weather was beautiful. Like it was just an ideal when weekend. You- when you go to a Giants game and they lose, are people like upset or is it just like, eh, that's um, kind of what we expected? This season, it is expected because it's just expected. But other than that, if it's like a good game or if it's like whatever, then well, yeah, yeah, people I mean, are pissed. Obviously, but they this, would like no. want them to win. But... Everyone went just to like have a good time. And it was Eli Manning's retirement ceremony that's why like yeah so like that's kind of why i went but um so that was nice and i think that's why a lot of other people went (laughs) but we drank and had a good time and anyway but how was your weekend dylan (laughs) my weekend was good um nothing nothing too exciting to report um i have to say this sunday night double feature of housewives still doesn't feel normal to me i'm like I feel like I have to like really mentally prepare myself. We do have something to discuss. I've totally forgot that Kyle and Amanda got married this weekend. (laughs) Hashtag Kymanda wedding. Amanda. Amanda looked so beautiful. Stunning. Everybody looked great. You know, we had Paige was a bridesmaid as we knew from last season. Right. I mean, pretty much everyone was there with the exception of Hannah. Um, she had a comedy show on Saturday night. She was booked and busy. Um, Coincidence? Yeah, I don't the, know. The uh, Pretty much the whole Winter House crew was there too. Kyle, or, or not Kyle. Obviously, Kyle was there. Austin yes, and Craig Kyle were there. Yes, Kyle was at his wedding. <laughs> Austin <laughs> and Craig were there. Um, some of the new people from the Winter House cast were there. 
um luke and sierra posted some photos together so it seems like they're on Lindsay was like living her best life literally Uh, Lindsay, Lindsay, and danielle both looked hot the wedding looked robert of course the wedding looked like absolutely gorgeous like it was in a massive tent set up outside but like Almost they made it seem there were no walls, but it seemed like an indoor outdoor tent because of how large it was like the dance floor. Oh, that picture of them with all the confetti. Like it just looked stunning. And like they both just looked so happy. I'm happy for them. Yeah, (laughs) it looked like a very like relaxing vibe. Like there's all these pictures where it looks like people are just kind of like hanging out in a field. Yeah, which I I love how they post it like their menu or something. It was like we waited eleven hundred or like something days for this like. You better party. I was like, wow. Oh when, you, when you, when it you was, look at it that way. Wow. It was almost exactly three years to the day that they were engaged. So. Oh my God. Well, when yeah, you look long, at it that way. Long time. Um, okay. Let's talk about Potomac. Um, Cause we have a lot to get through this episode of Potomac. Um, obviously it hinged around this Giselle and Robin podcast, reasonably shady party. Um, which takes place at Giselle's home, which is just not complete. I mean, and I feel like, so we see, we get a little glimpse of the work that's happening on the house at the beginning of the episode. And then obviously we see more as we go along. I personally feel like if that were me, I can't imagine like hosting an event in a space like that. This reminded me of, when Heather Dubrow had her dinner at yeah. her house, except as, as much of under construction as Heather's house was like the room they were in was finished or something. So it was like clean and safe. And like, they were able to be there. Also, I feel like with Heather Dubrow's house, it was like, it's not done yet, but you can tell how like majestic and grand it's going to be. Whereas this, it's kind of like, Oh, like, what are you doing to the front door? Why is what's happening here? Like, I have to I don't be know. honest. Like, I don't hate just I don't hate the house. Like, I actually think, no, I, I don't. I think the women are being more cruel than like they need. Like the house is not bad. It's under construction. Like, yeah, should she have had, but they're like judging it as if like, that's the finished product. And like, it's not, but I don't know why they chose that. De- like, it just didn't make sense to me, <laughs> but the living room outside was really pretty and cozy and chic. It was a nice setup. I don't know if I would say that like high backed pink love seat (laughs) is chic, but it was very Giselle chic. It was very decorated. (laughs) She created a space. It was. And like all the, the tour she was giving, she's like, says the color. I I, I was like, I need to envision this, but I can't, I need to see the finished product. It just, there's so much going on in this home, but it's filled with love. Laughter. So let's rewind a little bit. Um, We see Candace and Dorothy. Mama Dot has been in town for nine days now, and Candace is ready for that to be over. I like the whole idea of somebody like coming into town for a non-specific amount of time and just like staying until they feel like leaving gives me so much anxiety. I can't imagine doing that. Yeah. Like you need, we said this with the music video too. We were like, almost like, what's her role? What's her job, but staying there and not having an end date. It's like you going on a trip and not booking like a flight home is, you know, it's a lot. And especially when you don't feel comfortable telling the person they need to leave. That's the other story. Candace is like, I've had enough. 
if Candace asks Dorothy to leave, she's going to get slapped upside the head. Like <laughs> that's not how their relationship works. <laughs> Ow. Sorry. I just pulled my headphones out of my ear. It, it was okay. happened like really quick. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I we're like dealing with the aftermath of this music video shoot. And I feel like, I feel like Dorothy this season is like taking this role where she's like, I don't know. Like, I'm just here to support. Like, I just am here for whatever. And like in the past, she's been more like openly critical of Candace. Whereas this season, she's trying to pretend that she doesn't care. But it's like, ugh, I just find, I find their relationship like so cringeworthy kind of like it just makes me uncomfortable yes I agree and no but I to be honest I actually am enjoying her presence on the show I don't know even what she's adding but I just really like it it's does that make sense like I don't even know we're the same thing we're just talking about with the roles right now I don't know what's going on but I kind of like the scenes with her in it because she's kind of stirring from the side a little bit and it's like kind of making more drama if that makes sense but no one knows kind of where it's coming from (laughs) she's like a side character calling all my honeys support for today's episode comes from honey love whether you're a bride a wedding guest or simply seeking everyday smoothing honey love is the go-to for all things shapewear honey love has revolutionized compression technology so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating while wearing effective shapewear for a limited time, you can get Honeylove on sale. Get 20% off your entire order with our exclusive link, honeylove.com slash MIA. Support our show and check them out at honeylove.com forward slash MIA. When talking about shapewear, Honeylove's best-selling superpower short is the go-to. It has targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas you want more support and areas where you need less compression. Their signature X targets and sculpts your midsection without squeezing your natural curves. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. The Superpower Short is helping ladies everywhere sculpt and smooth from stomach to thigh by offering just the perfect amount of compression. You won't have to worry about it rolling down, which is unheard of in shapewear, thanks to flexible boning that's hidden in the side seams. This piece is also a booty lifter. Boost bands on the back and thigh give your bottom an amazing shape. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com slash MIA. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash MIA. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. Move with confidence. Thanks to Honeylove. Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer. We're moms of toddlers and best friends of 20 years. And we both love to talk about being parents, yes, but also pop culture. So we're combining our two interests by talking to celebrities, writers, and fellow scholars of TV and movies. Cinema, really. About what we all can learn from the fictional moms we love to watch. From ABC Audio and Good Morning America, Pop Culture Moms is out now wherever you listen to podcasts. Clearly, nobody really knows how to feel about the interactions that were happening at the music video shoot because, you know, so Mia was talking to her and asking all these questions. And we see um, Karen and Ascala go to Wendy's house and they're kind of talking about that. And they clearly, you know, are kind of like, what, you know, what's Mia doing? Like, what's her 
angle type of thing. And it's interesting because, I mean, before I feel like we kind of saw Mia, you know, like it's Mia, it's hard to know like who Mia's really like friends with at this point. Um, and, you know, now we have Ascala who came on as Robin's friend is kind of seeming to be on more like Wendy's side. Like the, I don't know, the alliances seem to be shifting a little bit. They are. And I also really love seeing Escala's like reactions to things. I don't know if you've noticed that. Like she, every time someone says something or does something, they always show her and she like has like a, she like kind of gives like a reaction. But that scene at Wendy's house was like nice because of what they were doing for charity. But at the same time, it felt kind of awkward to me because I feel like they didn't really know what the point of that was. Like they kind of just like had the assembly line there and was like, okay, but we're really here to like talk shit about like what's happening and what's going on. I will on. say I felt like this whole episode kind of felt like a random assortment of scenes until the party at Giselle's house. Like it was kind of like, okay, so we're going to get like, you know, a little bit of Karen talking to Ray. Um, now I guess we'll check in, you know, Mia will talk a little more about her mom yeah. Um, and then I guess we can do this scene at Wendy's house. And it's like, okay, like I, I let's just get to the party. I know, and the party right? was like 30 minutes long. I don't really understand though, why this episode was an extra 15 minutes long. Like it was like, eh, I don't know. I don't either. I like was trying to figure that out. Cause like nothing really happened. Like we saw Karen's like prototype candle arrived and we saw like right. Mia's mom get ice cream and like get a little bit more emotional. And, <laughs> and it was in that scene actually, because as much as I said, I love seeing their relationship grow. It was like another episode of them, like talking about how they're making their relationship grow. And I was like, okay. So we like nothing ha- actually has like moved on other than like a, just another outing, which is nice, but like, I need a little something. I need a little something from them yeah like it's it's nice to hear more backstory about mia and about how you know she struggled with her relationship with her mom but it is i feel like we've had three scenes with them now that are like kind of the same yeah um so- i don't know and like of course karen is still you know making her non-shady digs about the three wick versus the one wick and it's like Okay, like, yeah, there's room for both of you. I don't, okay. uh, Can I just say, as for for buy, if I buy a candle, I'm not like, oh God, I need the, I need the three wit. It's not something I necessarily choose. To me, it just is about what you want to use it for. Like, I don't think it's like a, a good or a bad thing, whether a candle is one wick or three wick. And honestly, right. Like, honestly, I feel like you would want to make, your own candle in multiple different sizes so that it's like you could have one for the living room or you could have one for like you know the bathroom or like a smaller space or something um so i feel like it's (laughs) this is so stupid but it's just like the fact that karen is like fixating on this thing and it's like oh like there are candles that come in both one wick and three week (laughs) wick like it's not some big distinction yes um okay wait so speaking about bathroom we are going to hotel jo- Giselle, but as Mia says it, motel Giselle. Motel and Giselle. like, she's, she, so Giselle tells Robin her idea of like, not letting, not wanting to let Wendy or Karen use her restroom inside. And I, the fact that Robin was like, absolutely not. Like, I will not even participate in that. That's ridiculous. Is like, 
I love seeing that side of their friendship because we've seen it before, even this season where Robin like kind of just like, and just, I was like, Oh yeah, you're right. Okay. I guess I was wrong. That's okay. But like, that's so, so such a weird thing to me that I don't know how you felt about it. Like it was, a well, it's just like, I feel like Giselle has this thing where it's like, obviously the, like the being shady and messy is a part of her character on the show. And we, you know, it's necessary and we enjoy it and all of that. But then there are certain things where it's just like, why, like, it's just not worth it. Like it's not worth the payoff for how much you're going to make people mad or how, you know, petty you're going to look. And it's like, for her to be like stirring the pot, it's one thing when it's like in an actual conflict, but it's like, why are you going to sit down and tell two of these women that they're not allowed to go to the bathroom in your house? And even if she doesn't stand by that, she still brings it up. And so they still feel exactly right. It's like, you should have just not mentioned it at all because instead just, I was like, LOL, we were going to do this thing where you weren't going to be allowed to go to the bathroom. And Wendy's like, well, fuck this. Why did I even come? Like if you, if you, it was one thing to make a joke about, you know, haters on the invitation, but if you're going to actually, you know, think of me as like some like second class citizen when you're having everybody over to your house, like, why am I here? And I don't disagree with Wendy for feeling that way. Oh my God. A hundred percent. I was like, wait, they're like human beings. That's, that's like not nice. That's like a weird, pr- I don't even know if right, it was like, a prank, even if but even if it's a joke, even if it's a joke and that she would have let them go to the bathroom, it's like, that's like weird. That's not like a, that's not like a, unless you're on a level with that person where it's like so clearly a joke. Like I feel like Wendy and Giselle and Wendy or Wendy and Giselle and Karen and Giselle are not in the place with each other where Giselle should be like going above and beyond to stir the pot. And I was going to say that too, where she like told them, she's like, well, it was Karen and you, you weren't. And and she was like, cause you talk shit about the colors of my house. And Wendy was like, I never did. I talk shit about your fashion. <laughs> I love Wendy was like, I didn't talk about yeah. the colors of your room, but yeah. Like also like who cares at that point? It's like, I feel like Giselle, she doesn't have the, she's not good sometimes at deciding like when it's, worth it and when she should just leave it alone and like you know wait for the next opportunity to be shady you know like sometimes you got to like pick and choose a little bit and I feel like she struggles with that sensibility but I do I do like I think the game that they come up with with the paddles is fun there were a lot of good you know like visual moments with the paddles they clearly I think Despite some of the more heated moments, right. I think everybody was having fun with that game and with the props that they were given. Okay. When they, cause the questions were clearly all shady, but like their answers differed. But when they said, when they were talking about Candace's shoot and they were saying whether it was high budget or not. And, and Giselle goes like, we were in a, we were in a parking lot. It wasn't high budget. And they, the camera at that point zoomed out to show Giselle's house and the tent. I was like, oh my God, the editors I mean, are who is really shady in this. She does it to herself sometimes. <laughs> like, Miss just like, look, I don't think anybody in their right mind would say that video shoot was high budget, but did it really need to be? Like, was, you know, Candace right. said last episode 
that because she's an unsigned artist, she's financing everything herself. Like, no, it's not going to have the same budget as like a Rihanna video, but like, that's really not what you're trying to do at this point. So also when they, when all the women arrived and they like, all the signs were up about the pot, like with their like headshots on it and everything. It was funny because like they invited them, but then they had the announcement telling them about the podcast, but everyone already knew about the podcast. Like maybe they were telling them that they were signed. They were signed by their agents. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm happy for them with their podcast deal. I think the whole like surprise announcement thing (laughs) was a little bit like, okay, okay, cool. Um, (laughs) Everyone was like, we already know. I, we see I did it. love that Karen. I did love that Karen showed up to make amends by giving Giselle her new product. It's like nice, nice and little then touch there. Ten minutes later, brought everyone else one, but Giselle got like the special one. But like Karen got her second dose of her vaccine that day, and that was I was like in between scenes, like laughing because they were showing everyone like in the psychedelic everyone like and Karen's like it was so kept making funny. those faces she's like I don't know if it's vaccine I don't know if the whole house is gonna come in I don't know what's going on <laughs> it's like Karen honestly I relate to that after I got my second I got my second dose of Moderna you know back in the spring I felt pretty out of it the next day I I related to that and when she said like <laughs> I'm fading fast I remember because I went that day the day after I woke up I felt fine I made a manicure appointment. I went and got my nails done. And then I'm literally sitting, I'm sitting on the train back from getting my nails done. And I'm literally like, Oh no. Oh, okay. Like I need to be like laying down now. Like it, I like was fine, but I wasn't well. (laughs) And it like hits you and you feel helpless because you're like, Oh my God, I'm counting down the seconds until I'm back in my bed right now. Exactly. Um, but I'm glad I was glad to hear these women discussing their, you know, vaccination timelines. Giselle said she got her first dose. Um, you know, it's, it's nice considering the rumors we've been hearing about what the vaccine conversation we might get on this all stars Two show. Um, it's it's nice to hear these women found something else out about Karen, which I didn't know that she makes drunk dials during the day. Well, during the day, I know. During the day. I, like, she's just, like, calling people at 1 p.m. <laughs> this was, like, she was kind of, like, the MVP for me this episode. I don't know why. Again, it was almost like I felt, like, psychedelic watching this. It was bizarre to me. That's, I don't know. That's just how I felt. I some I love Potomac, but this one was kind of, it wasn't a filler. It was, like, half filler, half, like, event status. I, I kind of was having a hard time once we... Once things kind of were getting heated up at the reasonably shady party, I was kind of like, okay, so like, so, you know, like who's mad at who, like, it felt very like kind of talking in circles. And it's, I do feel like this season, there's a little bit of like, okay, like, what are we really arguing about? Like, Okay, so somebody's mad that Wendy told Candace that Mia was talking shit about her to her mom. And it's like, I I maybe agree that doing that at the music video shoot, like telling her at the video shoot maybe wasn't the best timing. But like, 
I'm not going to get worked up about the fact that because like Mia was being messy. Like, I don't think, I think it was more Mia's bad to be talking to Dorothy like that than it was Wendy's bad to be telling Candace. Like, it just is one of those things where I'm like, okay, like, I guess I kind of see both sides, but at the same time, like, I don't think they're right. Like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. But this episode kind of is leading us into what's to come because we obviously find out about this couple's trip that is like clearly leaving people out. It was like beyond awkward to watch, but also we are finally arriving to the argument or fight between Mia and Candace, which is kind of what we've been waiting for, like all <laughs> season so far. But they already started with Candace insulting Mia, which like even Giselle at that point was like, oof, like Candace, do you know the details of Mia's mother? Like that's kind of well, like yeah, a she, very low blow. She says her mom is low budget. And Candace, I think it was on Twitter said last night that she didn't at that point know anything about Mia's mom and like hadn't been told any of the backstory or whatever. And that that literally was just like a random shade. Like basically she was being like, yo mama, like that's that she didn't like mean anything by it, but obviously that's not, you know, not a wise thing to say, even if it is just like a random insult. Yeah, like Candace was bringing back like the yo mama jokes and it was just very bad timing for her to do so. <laughs> Yeah, it's very like like Doctor Heavenly always does that. I'm married to medicine. Like it literally is like a like a reflex to her. Like somebody will be like Heavenly, blah blah blah, and she's like, Yeah, Mama. <laughs> <laughs> Just the last little moment, Grace moving Candace's car. Oh my god, I was gonna have a heart attack. I like. <laughs> Why? Why are we doing this? Why it was we- so cute when she was like, Robin, can you come with me? Like just for support. Even I was like, Grace, you're literally reversing in one line, like in your driveway. But I'm proud because that was a very mature thing. Well, except and she for was the fact like, that she I might start? have scraped the <laughs> she like scraped the wheel. Yeah, I, I listen, I I, I've, everyone's been there. Right. But you were driving someone else's car. That's kind of that's a situation. It's did I have I told you about the time when I scraped the side of my car in the garage? And then, uh, and then I, I panicked and didn't say anything when I went inside, like my parents were home. Um, I just like, didn't say anything. And then later my mom comes inside. She goes, what happened to the car? And I was like, oh my God, I forgot to say something. And she was like, you forgot. (laughs) Wait, so you scratched like the side of your car, like the entire side. Yeah. Like I was like too close to the side of the garage when I was, (laughs) When I was pulling in. And so like the side of the door was like fully like dented. Oh my God. I was like too scared to say something. So I just like forgot. Um, And my mom was like, you didn't forget that you like it's damaged the car. It's like one of those situations where like years later, like right now, it's funny to talk about. But in the moment, it's like, shit, I just can't wait for until this is like a few years down the road and we can laugh about it. Right, mom? Which is right now. Exactly. Okay, let's talk about Salt Lake City. Um, this this week we're getting, you know, more moving pieces. We have so Heather had her, you know, heart to heart with Jen last week in the ice castle, and Fortress. so now she's <laughs> yeah, whatever that was. So she's talking to Whitney, and she basically is like, you know, Jen and I had a really good conversation, and. I just think that you should hear Jen out and like whatever. And it's, it frustrates me the way that 
Heather is handling this because I'm like, Agree. okay, like maybe you guys had a good conversation in the ice palace, but like, she's not your BFF yet. And like the fact that she like Heather knows that Whitney has all of these reservations about Jen as a person and the fact that she had like one conversation with Jen and now she's like Whitney see like go go make up with Jen it's like just take a take a chill pill for a second like give it a give it a couple weeks at least like I agree she's kind of pushing it too much on Whitney and something like that shouldn't be pushed on someone and also I I love Heather as much I obviously always talk about that but she is she's being too much too she's being too nice in this situation and I totally agree with what you just said it's like she had one conversation, one. And well, the blowout and even, that they had was a bit lot bigger than the one nice conversation that they had to move forward. Well, and it's it's a little strange because even in that conversation last week, when Jen was saying, like, I need you to trust me, and Heather was saying that that's going to take a while, and, you know, basically saying, like, it's going to be baby steps, it feels like Heather has already kind of forgotten that, and that now all of a sudden it feels like she just like doesn't have any issues with Jen. It also, and I, yeah, it worries me. And especially seeing on social media and stuff, it seems like they're still pretty good friends through all that's happened. It worries me that like, ever like other people are going to kind of abandon Jen. And then Heather's going to feel like it's her like duty to be a yeah. good friend. And it's like, I don't think Jen would do the same for you. Totally. And I wouldn't consider Heather a pushover. Like, I don't think she is. I just think she's like a kind person. But at the same time, I wonder if like Jen takes Heather's kindness for weakness and she like wants to take advantage of her. And totally. And I don't know. It's just it's so funny because like we know what we know now. So we're watching back. Obviously, this isn't that happened. And like that's kind of also adding a little bit of judgment for me, like even though I didn't like Jen before that. But like it's it's like you're like, oh, no, don't do it. Don't do it. It's like we're watching a movie that we already saw and we know the ending. And so then on this ski biking day, which I can't tell if this looks fun or like painful. I don't know. I can't ever decide with any of these winter activities if they look like something I'd want to try. But Lisa is talking to Jen and she is kind of coming at it from like the opposite but equal side where she's like, I don't get why Jen likes Heather. Like Heather, you know, blah, 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 all of this stuff. And I feel like Jen just like has this thing where she wants to be where she wants Heather as a friend. And it's funny to hear her kind of have the exact same, like she and Whitney are basically on the same page about Heather and Jen's friendship, but like approaching it from the opposite ends. And it's funny that people on both sides of this don't get why Jen and Heather are, you know, have this like magnetic pull to each other. And because watching it, I kind of agree. I'm like, yeah, I don't really get it. I I don't really see what's so enticing about this friendship, but it is funny you say that where it's like opposite because I'm like, what is Lisa's, um, what is her reason? Like, what is her end game? You know what I mean? Like, why is she so against this? And why does she want to be friends with Jen so bad? That is something I, I don't understand because I don't see them. I don't know. It's just a weird friendship to me, Jen and Lisa. And then I'm also like, wait, is Lisa looking at it the same way I just explained Jen and Heather? Whereas like Lisa kind of having Jen under her wing. So she has someone more on her side. I don't know. Yeah. That's a possibility because it's like Jen or Lisa and 
Meredith are obviously good friends, mm. but Meredith is always going to kind of be her own person, I think. Yeah. And like kind of do whatever she needs to do for herself. So I think like, and Lisa I don't know. Needs I mean, someone. As, as much as Jen is kind of a wild card, I feel like she would be kind of like more likely to kind of, I don't know whatever to make like I feel like Meredith is just like kind of on her like a free agent like she's gonna do her own thing and like we see she is close with Mary right now yeah and you know having Mary come over to her house and basically (laughs) Mary's like advising her on how to try and handle her issues with Jen and it's like so funny to see Mary in this context because she's like we know she doesn't like Jen and she's basically like telling Mary how strong she needs to be. And like, you know, if that was happening to my family, I would just tell them absolutely not. It's not okay. And, you know, as much as I think Mary doesn't live in the real world, sometimes I think she kind of sees Jen for who she is Mm -hmm. and doesn't want Mary to kind or doesn't want Meredith to kind of like roll over for her. I love when um, Meredith in her, in her interview is like, well, over quarantine, Mary and Brooks became good <gasps> friends and they, and they taught. And I was like, wait, what? huh? <laughs> so, so random. They're like sitting on the three of them are like sitting on the couch together. Like they're like cuddled up to read a book. Like Mary at one point is like, so emotional talking about Jen that she has to stop to fart in the middle of a sentence, which is just like, yeah, I, I, didn't, I, I can't with her. I didn't know how to react to that. <clears throat> also, I don't understand Like, what does Mary hate so much about Meredith's style? Like, I don't think Meredith has, I think Meredith has very classic specific. I think her style is very like specific to her, but I think it works for her. And so for Mary to act like it's like so painful for her to try and come up with a comment about Meredith's style. I'm like, yeah, Mary, whenever she's asked these questions, feels like she's like really under on like in like the hot seat. And it was like, wait, you were just asked like what you think about her style. Like, it's not that crazy. But it was funny because they, they showed Meredith wearing that like red blazer, which obviously was like interesting. And it had random feathers. So yeah. I think Mary in that case was just thinking about her wearing that and her wearing that pink dress, like but not her everyday outfits, which are her blazers and like <laughs> pantsuits, which is which she is very beautiful. Pantsuit. Rocks. Um, I want to also mention this lunch that Mary has with her son, Robert Jr., which was kind of uncomfortable. I I can't <laughs> tell if Mary, like, I'm kind of getting a vibe that she sort of dislikes her son or, like, oh doesn't. <laughs> or, like, for whatever reason, like, has trouble spending time with him. Because it's, like, every time we see them together, she's, like she's like so focused on like correcting him or like, you know, giving him some critique or in this scene, they're eating these really crunchy sandwiches, which just like (laughs) made me want a good sandwich, but she keeps talking about if he's going to go to the army and it's like, wait, 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 what? Like, that's your, that's your like big idea for how your son is going to get his like adult life on track is like, just go to the army. Just go, just go like, what? Also, when they were eating those sandwiches and the cheese, like the stringy cheese was coming out, she was like, oh my God, Robert, 
what do you do? That's how babies eat. And I was like, what's happened? What are you talking about? What? Like she got <laughs> mad that the cheese on a sandwich was melty. Like that's the point. Like she that's really it's She's a like, panini. Robert, oh my, Robert. Oh my God. And I was like, wait. So I kind of agree. I, I don't know. I actually never got that vibe where she doesn't, maybe not doesn't like him, but agree. Doesn't know what to do when they spend like, time. It's almost like a, a weird she, aunt. Like, right. Like she doesn't feel comfortable around him. It almost seems like, and it's like, just, I don't, I don't get it, but I mean, whatever. Um, now I want a sandwich. Get, I know, right? I'm going to have to order one like pronto. Um, but we also get another scene with Jenny and Dewey at home. Jenny's daughter, Carlin, loves doing science projects and they do one every weekend, which is just like the cutest thing I've ever seen. For real. Part of the um, reality show that I'm manifesting. Science. Exactly. Um, but then Dewey kind of pulls Jenny aside and again brings up how he wants more kids. And Jenny said last week that she doesn't want more kids, but we get a little more context this week. She says that she has had nine miscarriages in addition to three C-sections when she's given birth. And so she's been told by doctors that it would be like basically extremely high risk for her to get pregnant again. And I just, it's one of those things where I'm like, I don't understand how Dewey is like coming on this show, knowing what he knows about their situation and doesn't realize that he's going to look like an asshole. Like, I I always wonder about these men that come on the show and just immediately start acting like dicks. Right. Like, to be honest, last week when they had the conversation, I didn't really, I did not think anything of it, but I was like, okay, it's just a conversation <laughs> they're having. But then when he brought it up again, like, the next like this week i was like okay and then when she went into that detail my jaw like honestly dropped a little bit i was like that is extreme that is very extreme for a woman to go through that is yeah. wild that her husband clearly knows what she went through but i guess he doesn't understand the full mental um aspect of it that she's still maybe go still going through and also maybe he's just suggesting other options for them to do but at the same time it's a conversation not just one-sided and also like it's um it's it's a it's a bigger situation she even was like i don't want to talk about it right now aka we're not talking about this on camera and i agree it was like not that's that's something I would want. I wouldn't want to be blindsided with on camera. I would want to know if that's something we're bringing up and talking about because she might not want like us to know about that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, even just the to viewers. share the stuff about the miscarriages is super personal. And like, you know, I mean, I'm sure that she chose to share that, but like, it's that's something where it's like not everybody would want to, especially we just met her on this show a couple weeks ago. And so she's not like maybe hundred percent comfortable. Um, but yeah, I'm curious to see how that will sort of develop throughout the season. Cause I really don't want Dewey to just be like a complete asshole that we hate, but like when that kind of conversation is happening, it's like, I don't know how else I'm supposed to feel. So um, let's, okay. Let's talk about ice fishing because it's our second Ow. big, our second big ice activity of the week. We have to, we have to get a couple in. Um, and so Whitney is super nervous to see Lisa, which ends up being sort of an unnecessary fear because Lisa is like nice and cordial to Whitney. And then they don't really talk the rest of it, at right. all. Yeah. I mean, they don't really interact much, but like 
Whitney was surprised to get kind of a warm greeting from her. And then it's like, okay, I guess we're not talking today, which is probably for the best. Right. It's funny because a situation like that, they were like in the middle of nowhere, yet not in the middle of nowhere. There was like (laughs) literally nowhere to go if you wanted to leave. But like at the same time, you were busy doing stuff and running around. So I couldn't tell if a situation, an activity like that was like ideal or not. But right. But then we see when Meredith shows up unannounced, you know, she was not supposed to come she has to walk like 50,000 feet across this ice field. And so you really are, you're not in a situation where you can just like leave. I'm sorry, but that music and her walking across that entire like pond was straight out of like, I don't know. She, her, she had such swag, like walking and then it ended. Cause she, you're right. She had to like keep walking and it was like, that yeah, can be where walking. she has her next Meredith Marks <laughs> fashion, fashion show. show. That would be really cool. Um, that would be really cool. I don't and know. It would make me nervous to know I was like sitting on the ice. But... Yes. In comparison to the bikes, I would rather do this. Like the bike, the ice bikes. Like You'd rather just like put on a coat and sit. Well, it looked like kind of fun. And originally when they like trip, when they started screaming and Jen was the only one there and she like literally thought the ice, like that was scary. Like where she was like, I thought the ice was breaking. Like, I didn't know, like, this is what we had to do. <laughs> And they're um, all chasing and like <laughs> racing each other to get the next fish. That was, it was cute. Um, but so Jen tells us that we are, I rolled my, I could not have rolled my eyes harder when Zen, Jen tells us that we're getting Zen Jen today. Mm-hmm. I'm like, we can't, we can't go through this again. Not after Zen when, you know, okay. like the, the, we can't. Okay. But also side note, the fact that earlier in the episode prepping for this activity, Jen dead, dead serious tells the girls that she needs their, information on their license including their height and like their height and weight but also their identity because they need to know yeah you need to know how much weight the ice can hold so i was like um okay okay i guess that's a good that was a good like way to get your information that you need so props but i'm not so quick to just hand over that information to anyone they should all check their they should all check their credit card statements this month (laughs) (laughs) i guess um but so Meredith arrives and everybody knows basically that she has, she has something to talk to Jennifer about, you know, she has an issue with Jennifer Shaw. And Wait, when Jen tells Jenny, she goes, can you go check on the cocoa? Oh like, my God. It, I was like, it was like, just, are it was you like, just, say, just say, can you give us a minute? Because within like three seconds, the rest of the women exactly. have come back to sit around them. Um, Lisa's like, do you guys want me to leave too? Do you want me to leave too? They're like, no. I mean, basically the, the whole confrontation with them boils down to what we saw in the preview really, which is that Meredith brings up the tweets and Jen is like super, you know, deny, deny, deny. And then she eventually says that somebody else runs her Twitter. Um, And I think rightfully Meredith is like, that's not, that's not an excuse. Like it's your Twitter. People can see what you've been liking. Um, right. And it, she was like, I mean, it's still your Twitter, regardless of who's right, like, it, it still yours. says Jen Shaw with the verified check Mark liked this tweet. Right. Um, I really feel like they, their actual confrontation is not that complex, but it, it sort of just verifies that like Meredith's, like what Meredith has been feeling about Jen, she feels justified now. And that like, they're not going to be building a friendship basically, because I think Meredith was pretty clear that it's like, I need to hear this from her. And if she can't give it to me, then we're not getting anywhere. And Jen clearly is not 
Exactly. You know, gonna do that. Meredith came with receipts. And it's one thing for Jen to be like, oh, (laughs) that wasn't me. That wasn't me. But but I'm sorry for someone to that whoever allegedly runs your Twitter to to be the one that liked all of those tweets. And the fact that all of them were like, someone runs my Twitter too. Someone runs my Twitter too. But I was like, all right, guys, can everyone just run their own Twitter for now? But anyway. Why does Jenny have somebody running her Twitter? Like, it's so uh, bizarre. Did I miss something? (laughs) But at the same time, Jen is defensive, which is what sets Meredith off. Because she goes, her her one line always is, what are you talking about? Like, what are you talking about? I didn't do that. And it's like, just at that point, just say what the issue is and say someone runs your Twitter. Stop make turning it always. Everything is being turned and it's never her and she plays a victim. And um, it's actually really annoying. So I can see how Meredith like flipped out. Yeah. And I think, you know, it might come back to bite Jen that she hasn't been, you know, really forthcoming about stuff that we all know she has done because then, you know, she's going to have bigger issues. And, you know, for somebody like Meredith, I think it's going to be pretty cut and dry that it's like, you did all this stuff. You liked these tweets about my son. And even when I brought you the evidence and confronted you about right. it, you still couldn't just sit down like an adult and be like, yeah, I'm really sorry that happened. And that's not how you make friends or keep friends. Right. I also love how Jem is like, you can't blame me for everything that goes on in this earth. And I was like, no, you're right. But you can be blamed for the things that you actually did. You're right. Right. Jen, Jen is, um, she's very conveniently like, it's like she selectively listens. She's like, she's like, you're blaming me for this, this, and this. And it's like, yeah, because you did all those things. <laughs> you can't like, just like, it's not spinning a wheel and picking which one you're being blamed oh, for. God. Jennifer. Well, we'll see what happens next week. I don't know. I, ooh. Um, thank you so much for listening, everyone. We will be back tomorrow night with our Vanderpump Rules premiere recap. In the meantime, don't forget to rate, review, and follow the show wherever you listen. And just be cool. Don't be all like uncool. Mention It All is produced by Sean Kilby and Jorge Morales Pico. Editing by Sean Kilby. Social media by Dylan Hafer. Guest booking by Nicole Pellegrino. Be sure to follow at Bravo by Betches on Instagram and Twitter. Betches.